0: And I can't wait to hear your podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Now go out there and make some podcasts. Hey, folks. Sam Whitfields here. I just wanted to take a moment to say thank you for downloading the audio podcast and listening to the show wherever you may be. I really appreciate it. And I would like to let you know that you can also now support the show directly via Anchor. If you go to anchor.fm forward slash Whitfield Report, you can now support the show using Apple Pay or Android Pay on your mobile device, depending on which type of phone you have. And you can contribute $1, $5, or $10 as the three levels of contribution. I would really appreciate anything that you can give. Every little bit helps the show. And you can find the link to support the show directly in your show notes, depending on which app you're using. I would really appreciate the support if you can. If not, please uh, continue to support the show by giving us a rating on iTunes. ...and sharing with your friends. Thank you very much, and I hope you enjoyed the show. And we're live! Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Whitfield Report. I am your host, Sam Whitfield, broadcasting live from NGC Studios here in Southern Florida. And, uh, unfortunately starting the show a bit late tonight, um again, technical difficulties. I always try and uh, you know, take care of these before the eight o'clock time slot. But um alas, sometimes these show up. And uh to be honest folks, I'm thinking of getting rid getting a a new computer or rather switching back to uh doing this from my MacBook and uh just plugging the Yeti into that from now on, because uh, this computer I'm using right now, it's an older Mac desktop from 2011, and it works pretty well, but, uh, you know, I have had some technical difficulties with it in terms of broadcasting the show on uh, for a couple of uh, months now, so, I don't know. It may be time to replace it. It may not be. I may just need to get in there and do some fine-tuning. Or, uh, whatever we may call it. Uh, regardless, though, I appreciate you, uh, tuning into the show. If you are, in fact, uh, able to catch this live. If not, I appreciate you, uh, watching the show, uh, on YouTube Archive or uh, listening to the audio podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever else you get your podcasts I really appreciate that contact info as usual you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at samduper underscore and dc hashtag Whitfields report um, follow me on gab at samwitfield thesamwitfield.com is my website and facebook.com forward slash Whitfield Report is the YouTube, I mean is the uh, Facebook page. Um, and I don't have a YouTube URL yet, but I'm hopefully going to get one once the channel hits 100 subscribers. So please, if you uh, if you do use YouTube, please hit that subscribe button and please hit that bell. It really helps me out. But, uh, you know, with that all being said, this uh, is part three of our uh, election, of our midterm uh, post-show here on the Whitfield Report. And, uh, well, to be honest, folks, I guess I've kind of made a little trilogy out of this, uh, so to speak. It's the first, uh, you know, overarching, I guess, story arc of the Whitfield Report, if you can call it that a three-part podcast in total regarding the 2018 midterms election. And uh, all I can say is, folks, thank God it is over. Thank God. It is uh, about time. And the one good thing about starting this show, I I will say, is uh, I get to break the news to some of you. Uh, Breaking from FoxNews.com... Or, no, rather, I'm sorry, breaking from CNN, which makes it a whole lot sweeter. Uh, um, No, I don't want your stupid newsletter, CNN. Oh, this is beautiful, folks. Uh, Andrew Gillum concedes Florida governor race to Ron DeSantis. Again. Now, the CNN headline doesn't say, uh, again, but I just added that in there for, uh, you know, effect because I think it is appropriate. So, uh, let me read the, let me read a little bit of this article to you from CNN and then, uh, I'll comment on it because I'm thrilled. I might not be as energetic with the, uh, you know, Kavanaugh hearing and whatnot, but, but I, I'm, I am thrilled, genuinely. All right. Andrew Gillum, the governor, uh, the gubernatorial candidate in Florida, conceded to his Republican opponent, former Representative Ron DeSantis, on Saturday, ending a protracted fight that saw the Tallahassee mayor take back his election day concession during a statewide recount. The concession ended. Gilliam's first bid for statewide office in Florida, but the one despite, but the run despite his loss altered the 39-year-old politicians into the upper echelons of Democratic politics. Ah, uh, quote Representative Jai and I want to take a moment to congratulate Miss. Mr. DeSantis, on becoming the next governor of the great state of Florida, Gum said in a Facebook video in which he appeared alongside his wife. This has been the journey of our lives. DeSantis responded to Gollum's concession with a call for unity. This was a long-fought campaign, he wrote on Twitter, now it's time to bring Florida to governor. The reality, however, is that the race between DeSantis and Gillum was anything but unifying. The contest was a heated affair that regularly reflected the broader national tensions over race and class in the Trump era. Well, that you know, that's a tutorial from CNN uh, okay. Now we're getting into the, uh, you know, editorial from CNN, basically they're saying that, uh, you know, DeSantis was part of, you know, Trump's, uh, you know, new right slash alt-right tactics to, you know, Jennifer, ba-ba-ba, all of that. Uh, but needless to say, I do find it, uh, you know, I do find it ironically sweet in a way that, you know, CNN was one of the first, uh, you know, outlets to uh, report that Gillum is, is conceding and that DeSantis is our, our governor. And like I said, I'm thrilled by this, folks, but at the same time, I'm really not all of a I'm not I'm really not all that surprised I'm really not Um This There should have never been a recount For the governor's race I said that Uh Back During the part two Uh Post show When uh, When Maris or, I guess, uh, Cody, as we're now calling him. Uh, you know, last week, and when we had Mayor on the show, I, I said that the gubernatorial race should have never been contested. It was stupid. Um, you know, and, but Gillum, you know, tried to retract his concession, and, uh, you know, he, truth be truth be told I mean the Dems really did try and pull out all the stops um you know Gillum was also blocking uh citizen journalists like Laura Loomer from uh interviewing him when he was uh you know going to check on Paul V v votes I guess uh Florida has had a has had a massive problem for a while now uh, with these auto recounts, and you know every ever since 2000, I guess the state has had to do this. But strangely enough, it always seems to be the same counties that always need to recount their uh, election results for governor and and whatnot. And hmm, I wonder why that is. Most of them are uh democrat led counties, if I do say so if uh you know from what I've noticed so uh you know DeSantis is governor, and uh you know thank God I've gone over in past episodes why DeSantis, why uh Gilm would have been a disaster um as I've said before. He was a he was a big proponent of a state income tax here, not just a state income tax, but a huge one at that. Um, He's praised Jerry Brown for the quote-unquote great job he's done with California, which is laughable considering that uh, you know Jerry Brown uh, you know taxed has taxed the uh, bejesus out of California and now the whole entire state is on fire. Literally. Um, I'm I'm sorry, I shouldn't make I shouldn't make a joke about that, but it's uh you know, it's too good to pass up that pun. So I mean so the Republicans pretty much won Florida, uh, Georgia's race from what I'm hearing. Seems to pretty much be recounted, and, and again the Republicans came out on top. So, what does this mean for the state of politics? Well, the the good thing is is that the electoral system, at least in my mind, still seems to be working as intended. When procedures are followed and uh, rules are followed and things operate as they are supposed to, we get good good election results. The Dems have been trying, they're now proposing that we extend election day into a season I've actually heard this from a couple of liberal bloggers, and the reason why is obviously their butt hurt that they keep losing. Now, the reason why they keep losing, and I've covered this before, is because over the past 10 years, they have really They've gone from the party of the working class, if you could call them that, to now being the party of outraged minority fringe groups. Notice I didn't say like minority, uh, you know, races or people, but fringe mi- minority groups. Like, uh, you know, Antifa and Uh, Occupy and the social justice warriors that is who the left has become basically they've become the party of quote unquote uh, social justice warriors and other radicals the American people even on the left uh, who consider themselves more classical liberals can't even stand them anymore Hell, I mean, classical liberals like Dave Rubin are now considered to uh, right wing foremost uh, DNC party officials now. So they keep losing to Republicans because now Republicans have done a good job of bringing more people into the fold. And, uh, you know, with the rise of Trump, they, they still, the left still doesn't get what the rise of Trump is about either. Even after roughly three years of us basically telling them what it's about, they, they keep mis- misinterpreting it. When they, hear the, when they hear the word nationalist They automatically think of racial nationalism White nationalism They don't get the notion of nationalism and patriotism As pride in your country Wanting to make things great um, Allowing people from all walks of life to come into your country, so long as they obey the laws and principles that make said country great. The left doesn't understand any of that. Which is what our country w- was built on. We, w- This country was built on the idea of you know, of life, liberty, and property. Which is how the Founding Fathers in- intended it. And the pursuit of happiness that was one of the things that the Declaration of Independence talked about was the declaration of was uh, the choice for the pursuit of happiness and how it was up to each man to forge his own path towards the pursuit of happiness and these social justice warriors do not understand that they keep thinking, for whatever reason, that, oh, I'm oppressed. You know, oh, I, I belong to a minority group that that is severely underrepresented, and we need to turn all those people who are libertarians and slightly right-wing, they're our enemies, they're Nazis, they're, they're horrible people. They hyperbolize us too Into things that we're not And people are sick of The left They're sick of identity politics They're sick of uh, This whole notion of political correctness That is what keeps The left from from winning elections And from truly uh, Reforming and making actual progress Despite the fact that they Keep claiming that they are the party of progress. So, what should the Dems learn from uh, from this big loss during the midterms? They should learn that they need to moderate their views, come back far, come back from the far left, and maybe start to discuss more things like, you know, economics. Uh you know, the working class, they need to they need to uh, you know, reform and revise, you know, what what groups they ally them, themselves. Maybe they should ally themselves with, you know, people who advocate beating uh you know, conservatives or advocate uh you know, trying to, uh, intimidate, uh, conservative leaders at restaurants or, you know, or, uh, conservative commentators in their homes, in the case of Tucker Carlson. Seriously, the left has to, the left has to moderate, otherwise they'll keep, uh, you know, they'll keep becoming irreverent. It's funny the left is now in the same boat that the Republicans were in you know 10 years ago after losing to to Obama and yet the difference is I don't think they're going to learn because they've been so ideologically set for the last you know 40 years roughly that they're not going to be willing to make you know any ideological changes now, with that being said, uh, you know, more breaking news, and I'm, let, let me pull the art, let me pull the article up on this, but as some of you may have heard, and uh, as some of you tweeted, tweeted at me that you would like me to cover this, uh, Hillary Clinton may in fact, uh, be running in 2020. And, uh, you know, if you're anything like me, your first reaction was, uh, pretty similar for, to, uh, Michael Scott from the, uh, Office, you know, with that, please, uh, God, no. And, uh, you know, but, but, but it is possible. I guess she's, uh, I guess she's looking into it now. And uh there's even there's even uh, you know, big debate on this. I guess uh according to Politico, this is a week old now. But about a week a week ago, uh Politico reported that a uh, former Clinton advisor said that Hillary will win in 2020. So uh, let me read a quick excerpt of this to you. Two-time Democratic presidential candidate Hillary Clinton will mount a third bid for the White House. Longtime Clinton advisor Mark Penn wrote in an op-ed published Sunday by the Wall Street Journal predicting that the former First Lady and Secretary of State is running a Hillary 4.0 campaign for 2020. In the in the journal op-ed, Penn and advisor to the Clintons, and pollster from 1995 to 1998, and former New York City politician, Andrew Stein, wrote that a t- Wrote that in 2020, wrote that in 2020 and run, Clinton would reinvent herself as a liberal firebrand. The, uh, quote, the twice failed presidential candidate would not let a little thing like two stunning defeats stand in her way, stand in the way of her claim to the White House, they wrote. Now, see, folks, that right there, and all, let me me read that quote to you again. The twice-failed presidential candidate would not let a little thing like two stunning defeats stand in the way of her claim to the White House. Now, those are her cronies, writing this in the Wall Street Journal. That languaging right there, ladies and gentlemen, should tell you what a bad idea this is, okay? They're basically saying that Heller has a claim to the White House. I'm not sure I've heard of any other politician, at least in my lifetime, saying that they have an outright claim to the White House. Can you? You know, as much as I may have disliked Obama, he never claimed, he never said that he, you know, had a outright claim to the White House. You know, that it was... that it was betrothed to him. That that language from, you know, Hella's advisors, it makes it seem like she's owed the keys to the White House because she's a Clinton and, as I've said before in the past, the reason why she keeps running for president and, you know, failing is because... I think she keeps running for the White House and she keeps expecting to get it because she put up with Bill's shenanigans for so long. I've said this before, but I'll say it again. She feels entitled to run for the White House because she put up with Bill's Shenanigans and and embarrassments, and stood by her man when she probably should have divorced him, when any sane woman would have. I mean, if 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 my husband, if I were Hillary Clinton, and you know, my husband were accused of rape, not once, not twice, but multiple times by multiple women, I I would not stick around. And I, I don't know of any woman who, who would. So, something tells me, and something has always told me, that, that the fact that Clinton decided to stick around in that marriage, that tells me that a deal was made between her and Bill You know, and maybe some of their political handlers way back when in the 90s. Once uh, Lewinsky gave blue. I don't know. But again, folks, I I can't get past the, uh, you know, I can't get past her two cronies, cronies writing in the Wall Street Journal that she has a claim to the lighthouse. If that doesn't show, you know, that the Clinton monarchy is what's wrong with America, I don't know what is. And, and that's just the second paragraph of this article, folks. It goes on. Although she has routinely shot down talk of a 2020 run, Clinton said in an interview earlier this month that, quote, I'd like to be president after answering no. Whether she wanted to run for president again. So, in other words, and this got a bit of play uh, over this past week too. She was basically said. She basically was asked, uh, you know, will you run? For, will you run for president? And she said, no. But I'd like to be from. I'd like to be president. So again, we should just betroth her the office because. She wants to be president. Okay, Hillary. That's not really how it works. But you know, I'm I'm sure if you're uh, I'm sure if the Democrats got their way, they would absolutely be willing to set this up for you. Um, another long time Clinton aide, Philip uh, Reigns Told political last told Politico last month that he thought it was odd Clinton's name wasn't in the mix of potential twenty twenty contenders. Though he said more recently that he couldn't think of a Democrat who would be able to successfully challenge President Donald Trump. Yeah, you're you're damn right. I mean, between Liz Warren, and Ocasio Cortez or I I think I finally got her name right. And uh, you know, Bernie Who who is going to to run against Trump? I mean, I, I don't wanna I don't wanna jinx us and say that no one could beat Trump because I certainly think that there are a couple possibilities, especially with the way he he shoots himself in the foot sometimes, but still, you know the fact that the Dems are scrambling and they're admitting that they can't think of anyone at this time. That's uh that's scary to see. That must be scary for them at the, at the least. And you know, the uh, the fact that this Phil Brown guy is panicking that Hillary hasn't declared yet says a lot. Uh, Clinton's surprise loss to President Donald Trump in 2016 sent shockwaves through the through the Democrat Party, but Penn and, and Stein write that two years of hand, that the two years of a hand-wringing and reflection, as well as some denial on Clinton's part, will strengthen Clinton and in, in the best position to take. Trump on again. Okay. How is denying. That you lost. To uh, Trump in the first place. How would that help. Clinton at all. I'm, I'm curious. That's basically like saying. Uh, if you're an alcoholic. Denying that you're an alcoholic. Will somehow. Help you. Become sober again. Just by denying it. Okay. That's just under what the Clinton advisors are saying here. She should just deny that she uh, lost to Trump the first time. And she'll automatically win. um, Against Trump. Oh yeah, and we... And we were just, we were just talking about Bill, so, uh, welcome Brian and, and Gabe, but you're, uh, you're a bit, like, that, that penis comment would have been hilarious, uh, you know, a minute, a minute ago, uh, when talking about Slick Willet. but, um, anyway, though the duo did not outline for how Clinton will improve her dismal standing in the Midwest, or move past the scandals, the here in 2016. They wrote that voters should should expect Hillary Clinton 4.0 to to come out swinging, uh, relegating former, Clinton, former President Barack Obama and Bill Clinton to fundraising roles. Um, she has decidedly to win the Iowa caucus goers who have never warmed up to her. They will now see her, see her as strong, partisan, left leaning, and all Democrat. The one with the guts, experience, and steel eyed determination to, to, to defeat Mr. Trump. Uh, Penn and Stein author, offer a scathing criticism of other expected Democrat can, candidates, uh, writing that. That Clinton will not allow this humiliating loss at the hands of an amateur to end the story of a career, and that while another run would likely infuriate Senate Democrats looking to take control of the party with the 2021, the two authors wrote that the White House hopeful in the that the White House hopefuls in the chamber fumbled moments like the the Kavanaugh. Confirmation as if they were bumbling amateurs. You can expect to hear, you can expect her to run for president once again. Maybe not at first when the legion of some Democrats make their announcements, but definitely by the time the primaries are in full swing, they predicted. News that Clinton might try to take on President Donald Trump again. Elicited cheers from the White House. From the White House. Counselor to the President, Kellyanne Conway. On Sunday, retweeted reporting on Penn and Stein's assertion. Adding, Dear God, please yes. Now, okay, be careful here, folks. Because I know what a lot of you guys are... uh I know a lot of you guys on the right are are thinking because I thought this way too at first when I first heard this notion. Right, your first immediate reaction to hearing that Hillary Clinton is going to potentially run for president again is, ja ha 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 ha. She's going to run again. This will be easy for us. Right. That that's everyone's first reaction to uh, you know hearing that Clinton may run, run again, and trust me, it's you know it's a very easy one uh, to have. But mark my words, I do think that Hillary Clinton could win against Trump in 2020, not necessarily um, you know through ethical means. But we know now that she tried to steal the election. Uh, I mean, Newsweek had entire issues published ahead of time, you know, saying, "Madam President, it, it was, it was, it was the Dewey defeats Truman moment all over again, folks." only instead of just one headline, you know, Newsweek published an entire issue. That's what happened in 2016. You know, it's a whole Madam President thing. But, um... You know, can Hillary Clinton win? Honestly, no, of, of course not. Does anyone want her to run president? No. Like I said, even most classical liberals... Well, classical liberals especially hate uh, hate Hillary Clinton, which is no surprise, since uh, you know she basically stands against everything classical liberals stand for. But then again, I think there were I think there were a lot of Democrats who did not want her to run. Uh, you know, anyway and you know in 2016 and yet she did she stole the primaries from uh, Bernie and uh, you know as much as I hate to say it, Bernie might have actually won against Donald Trump a big, a big part of the reason why I think so many people why so many democrats actually ended up voting for Trump In 2016 is because. That's how much they hated Hillary Clinton. In fact I know. That that was the case for. Many of my friends who actually are Democrats. A lot of them actually ended up voting for Trump. Why because. Hillary Clinton is just that despicable. And yet she could win by stealing the election. Because that was her plan. The first time. You know they were going to try and. Rig the voting machines and, and whatnot, you know, and yet that didn't turn out, uh, as planned. You know, even with, even with trying to, uh, rig the election in her, in her favor, folks, she, uh, she lost. And, uh, you know, and then she tried to turn that story around on, uh, Trump, and that's where you got the whole Russia collusion narrative. Okay, that's how the Alvin goes. So, you know, before you guys all chuckle that she's never going to win, she has the machine, and she has the, uh, I, wouldn't say, I wouldn't say she has the cojones to do it, but, uh you know, I would say she has the... I would say she has the dirty... Uh, you know... She has the dirty tricks to win... At the very least... So... You know... At this point... We're still two years out... It's uh... You know... It's it's too early to say for sure... That she will win... But I, I think if we... Uh, if we do see her win... If we if we do see your uh, run, I mean in twenty twenty, uh we should not rest on our laurels and think automatic win, because that certainly will not be the case at all. Okay, and uh with that in mind, folks, next story, uh this is one I've wanted to uh Well, this is another kind of breaking news story from uh, earlier this evening. Uh, As many of you know, uh, comic book legend Stan Lee passed away uh, earlier this week at the age of 95. I actually did a uh, tribute show to Stan Lee uh, on Tuesday because I'm a huge comic book fan and I spent about 35 minutes or so um, explaining my past and, you know, how I, uh, came to, you know, learn about comics and become a fanboy when I was, you know, very young and how I still love comic books today and how Stanley was a huge influence. So if you haven't heard that show, it's, uh, it's from Tuesday's podcast. It's under, uh, the bonus episode category if you have... Uh, Apple Podcasts or uh, Pocket Cast. I believe they actually show the bonus episode tags on that one. And uh, even though it's an audio only podcast, I will be uploading that one to uh, YouTube as well. But, uh, you know, all that aside, there is a uh, breaking story that I want to share with you. I actually find this I actually find this a bit hilarious because uh as most of you know, I hate Bill Maher more almost as much as I love Stan Lee. Okay. I I, I adored Stan Lee uh and I detest Bill Maher. So this was uh you know, actually highly appropriate that this happened kind of you know kind of I, I would i would say it was karma i don't usually believe in karma but if there was ever evidence of karma this this would be it a uh, headline from comicbook.com uh, this is just too good good books you can't make this up comic book industry reacts to Bill Maher dissing stanley in comic books And this was just uh, earlier tonight, folks. Um, Television personality Bill Maher penned an op-ed on his blog railing against the comic book industry in the wake of former Marvel Comics publisher Stan Lee passing away. Uh, Maher dropped lines like, quote, I don't think it's a huge... Stretched to suggest that Donald Trump could only get elected in a country that thinks that comic books are important, along with mocking fans who were mourning the loss of the beloved comic creator Quote, but then, twenty years or so ago, something happened. Adults decided they didn't have to give up kids stuff ranted, and so they pretended. Comic books were actually sophisticated literature, and because America has over four thousand five hundred colleges, which means we need we, which means we need more professors than we have smart people. Some dumb people got to be professors by writing theses like, like otherness and hedro. Doxy and the Silver Surfer, And quote. Naturally, several indivi- individuals in the comic book industry took to social media to share their response to Mars' post. Keep scrolling to see the uh, various, to see various responses from uh, comic book creators. So this is hilarious. I want to read a couple of these out for you. Bill Maher, quote, I don't think it's a huge stretch to suggest that Donald Trump could only get elected in a, in a country that thinks that comic books are important. Uh, what a nasty thing to say in connection with Stanley's death. Uh, and uh you know there were more bigotry and uh, racism are among the deadliest social oils plugging in the world today and uh then there's like a screen cap of one of uh stands, uh let's see you know soapboxes which i can't read okay slide three they can't be halted with a punch and the snoot oars up from a, from a ray gun uh did you, did you, break, did you break a beer bottle no hold hold on folks oh, uh, yeah sorry folks that was a uh, that was a brief in, interruption there uh anyway as I was saying uh more criticism of you know Stan Lee from Bill Maher. basically Mar has shot themselves in the, in, Mar has shot themselves Mar has shot himself in the foot uh you know by doing this yet again And, uh, it is genuinely hilarious to, uh, watch him do this. So, uh, yeah, he's, uh, getting his, you know, no one really likes him anymore. And, uh... Oh, this tweet has to be the best. I have no idea about what, what Bill, what Bill Maher said about Stanley. Bill Maher is, is an unremarkable piece of shit. That's all. That, that's all. That. That's all that the about Bill Maher. Oh boy, do I agree with, with that one. Uh, okay, Bill Maher. Dismisses Stan Lee. Comic books in the relevant... Relvance. Much the same way people dismiss Joel and Bruce in stand-up comedy. Ah, uh, this just keeps getting better and better. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Uh so yeah. So folks, what what else can I say? Bill Maher just uh keeps screwing himself to be uh, extremely unlikable. I I will give the man credit where credit is due. He is right on uh, radical Islam and whatnot, but that's pretty much uh, all he's right about at this point. So, boy, what a... You know, what a... What a, uh, news week we've been in, ladies and gentlemen. But, um, anyway. So that'll just about do it for this week's show. As I, uh, you know, mentioned at the beginning, thank God we're done with, uh, election season. It's about time. And, uh,. Yeah, that'll do it for tonight's show. Uh, Next week, I won't be doing a Thursday show because it's Thanksgiving, but I will uh, have something pre-recorded to air on Thursday if you're interested. I'm going to try recording a few of these, kind of just to see how it goes. But anyway, folks, that'll do it for tonight's show. From all of us here at uh, NGC1, have a good night, God bless, and God save this great nation. And thank you for watching the Whitfield Report.